United States of Lead is an informative podcast that may contain sensitive material and the occasional F-bomb. Listener discretion is advised. of lead a podcast about crime mental decline and the lead thread that links them before we even begin we just want to make a note that this week's topic of lead ammunition is a big old onion with many different layers and many different avenues to go down lead ammunition has been on a list of our topics to get to for quite some time and while we have other episodes already recorded we feel it's necessary to get to this episode right away and get it out there now Because while we take a look at important gun control legislation that needs to be passed, we also need to take a look at what is in the gun itself, and that is lead. This is certainly a multi-dimensional issue. I mean, it's a simple issue in that we want everyone to be well, but how we achieve that is looking at some really deeply rooted beliefs and values that may not be serving us as well as as a culture, as a community, as Americans. If we're going to have real change, we have to look at our toxic relationships and need for guns in so many aspects of our lives. Recently, we posted a TikTok and I briefly brought up the risk of lead exposure at gun ranges, which we will get to. But I noticed that people quickly jumped to the conclusion that the only risk of lead poisoning is a bullet entering your body. But with all the types of lead exposure, We obviously need to know that there's so much more to be concerned about that people even realize. That's another thing is like people just draw instant conclusions and then they shut it out and they move on because a lot of people don't want their reality or their beliefs questioned, which I understand it's, it's uncomfortable. It highlights how there's like almost magical thinking around guns where I'm going to point and shoot and something happens and that's it. And it's mm-hmm. not that. And that's what we talk about is like that moment. Mm-hmm. But there's so many other things that go into that, that come out of that, that are mm-hmm. allow that to continue. Mm-hmm. And I think that what we're doing here is one of those threads that is helping to paint a deep, deeper and more expansive and hopefully useful picture on how we can make change. Well, and even your comparison right there is exactly a comparison to how lead poisoning works. Mm-hmm. You can't necessarily mm-hmm. see those things. You can't necessarily see the ripple effect. Yeah. It's, and so it's, people don't believe it's there. And the same with COVID. Well, you can't yeah. see it. 
<sighs> but anyways, let's get to lead ammunition. From an article posted by the Center for Biological Diversity entitled Human Health Risks from Lead Ammunition. And I want to note that I don't know the year this publication was posted, but the latest study they source is from 2012. Quote, human exposure to lead in the United States has dramatically decreased as lead has been phased out or reduced in gasoline, plumbing, paint, and toys. Public health agencies regulate lead in industrial activities and consumer products and have to a varying degree begun to address lead exposure at shooting ranges. Little attention has been focused on hunting or fishing activities that may cause harmful lead exposure, end quote. But I just need to take a note there as we discuss in episodes five and six, the regulation of lead in consumer products isn't as great as we are led to believe. And just for reference, in case you didn't listen, a 2019 study showed that 98% of baby food, American-made baby food, contained lead up to 175 times higher than the action level set by the FDA. So we can only assume that with this article expressing how little attention is being focused on hunting and fishing and firing ranges, just how severe the issue really is. I feel like whenever someone writes a uh, a research paper and they don't want to just like give a real middle finger to something or they'll just make they'll throw in a little comment like this it's like oh well you know this is outside of the scope of this study however (laughs) attention should be uh it would be beneficial if some attention was given to this issue we don't have the authority to slap you in the face but we'd love to slap you in the face (laughs) so in 2016 the national library of medicine posted quote Lead is toxic and is banned in gasoline, paints, and various household items in most developed countries. Lead ammunition, however, is still widely used for hunting and shooting and is now likely the greatest largely unregulated source of lead that is knowingly discharged into the environment in the USA, end quote. And so far in the show, we've only been discussing how lead affects humans. And I think we briefly touched on the environmental concerns of it, but we really do need to take note on how the mass distribution of lead in our environment affects all living creatures. It's easy for us to be self-centered and say how it only affects humanity, because I mean, that's the easiest way to get people's attention. But even trace amounts of lead can cause serious and long-lasting side effects, not only in humans, but in other living species as well. Just for reference, from a New York Times article, quote, A lead fragment as small as a grain of rice can be fatal to a bald eagle. These birds clean up the carcasses or the remains of the animals we kill. And so we often condemn them to a slow demise. And right now I just want to share my screen because the picture in here is just... So this picture here from an article that we're going to get to in just a little bit. And again, this is our national bird and what a lot of quote unquote patriots like to consider sacred and what I'm pretty sure all indigenous people consider sacred. Yeah. In Minnesota, you can't. uh... Can't even take a feather. I mean, look at this. And it even says it's 58 bald eagles found dead in the upper Midwest. And liver lead analysis showed that 60% had detectable concentrations of lead and 38% had concentrations within the lethal range of lead poisoning. So this is the first time I'm seeing this, and uh, which is often the case with uh, your visuals. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, just like this tarp is laid out on this tarp are rows of bald eagles. And yeah. uh, and for people on Patreon, you can, you can see this in the video episode just to know or go to our sources and scroll 
There's also evidence that there's a big link to the endangerment of California condors and lead poisoning. And that's something, too, I want to note that organizations have tried disputing, saying that there's no scientific evidence. But again, that misinformation is out there. And there's several publications, including one from NPR, which discusses, and this is from May 3rd, 2022. This is very, very recent. That condors are soaring again over Northern California's coastal redwoods, and there's a big link between the decreasing population of condors and lead poisoning. Quote, condors were last spotted in the park area around 1892, authorities said. The California condor is the largest native North American bird with a wingspan of nearly 10 feet. The scavenger was once widespread, but had virtually disappeared by the 1970s because of poaching and lead poisoning from eating animals shot by hunters and destruction of its habitat, end quote. Think about how big that bird is. Another interesting thing, too, is how lead poison affects these birds, that it debilitates their ability to fly. And something else that one of these articles brought up is how it messes with natural selection, because the first birds that usually feed are the strongest and so you're literally oh, wow. killing off the strongest That's of the so herd. Insidious. Yeah. So not just birds, but other animals. Think about wolf packs. It's oh. totally fucking with natural selection. That's, yeah. a, that's next level. So almost nearly extinct. Since lead ammunition has been banned in California for the hunting of wildlife, I think it might just be for birds. I'm not sure. Okay. The condors are soaring once again over the redwoods. And you want to tell me that there's not a link to lead poisoning affecting uh, wildlife? That's so cool. Yeah. Amazing. And this isn't the only publication, and we'll have this in our sources. I remember when this was like a big deal in the 80s. And like as a kid, I, we were learning about this in school, about how they're almost extinct. That's how mm -hmm. I think, I think that's how I, how I learned about the extinction process. That's good news. Uh, yeah, it's really good news. But again, it just shows how severe this issue is. And we I already showed you the picture with the bald eagles and all those 50 plus, what was it, 63? I can't even remember the number now, but it was a all those body, bald eagles dead. Yeah. The biggest takeaway is how the first to feast are the strongest and they're getting the most poisoning. Mm -hmm. It's really fucking with our ecosystem and the soil and the water. So yeah, we got, we got a lot to discuss. Now, going back to the Center for Biological Diversity, they elaborate on the danger of lead ammunition in regards to poisoning animals by saying, quote, Lead bullets tend to shatter into fragments upon impact with bone, leaving shards and imperceptible dust-sized particles of lead. This lead can affect game meat up to a foot and a half away from a bullet wound when fired from a high-powered rifle. And even lead shot can leave particles, dust, and residue in game meat. Copper bullets leave no lead and rarely fragment, end quote. So just a little, little introduction into how we can resolve this. Going back to what the people on TikTok of like, there, there's nothing else to discuss. There's this and it goes in and that's it. Actually, no, there is. It can spread up to a foot and a half from a bullet wound. It's kind of big. Yeah. And again, it, there's the, the simple thing that you can see, like you're saying, there's the simple thing you can see, which is the shot that you make. But then 
this was so shocking to me, this idea that these particles, these tiny, tiny particles could move through the body to that degree. And it is a factor that needs to be considered, just blown yeah. away by this fact. And we're going to get more into why that is so important in just a second here. That New York Times article goes on to say, quote, as Milton Friend, the former director of the Federal National Wildlife Health Center, warned in 1989 in the, quote, waterfowl management handbook, quote, the use of non-toxic shot is the only long-term solution for significantly reducing migratory bird losses from lead poisoning. And heeding this and other warnings in 1991, the federal government imposed a ban on all lands nationwide on the use of lead shot for waterfowl hunting after studies found widespread poisoning of ducks. A study of the ban's effectiveness several years later found that it had prevented the premature deaths of millions of waterfowl, end quote. And this is something that I have literally never heard about. The interesting thing is the narrative that certain organizations, quote, debunk this information by saying that these people have an alternative agenda, which is saving wildlife, which I find kind of interesting. Like, yeah, they do want to save wildlife. I don't really understand you know what I mean? like, where there's the, the bad part of that. But Well, and conservationism was started by hunters. It was hunters! Hunters! <laughs> So, well, and again, I'm getting to so, this, but the person who wrote this article for the New York Times is an avid hunter. Mm -hmm. This isn't coming from some, yes, he's quoting the person for the National Wildlife Health Center. Yeah, they're you concerned want. about the health of the wildlife. You want healthy wild game, don't you? Yeah, you want these animals to be around, if nothing else, so that you can keep hunting them. Like, like that's <laughs> it's kind of part of it. That's uh, That was like the stance of the original conservationists. <laughs> It's really clear that the ammunition industry is set up to just produce so many bullets, so much ammunition, so many rounds, and it needs this. I mean, in order to produce that much, you'd have to re retool all the lines for copper and harder, less fragmenting metals. That's a loss of profit, and you don't sell as many bullets, but you should want to have your target and hit it and fire as few times as possible as opposed to like sending <laughs> but that's massive not how rounds that's... down range think about the targeted advertising though of the it's all just yeah. like da -da 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 -da. like it has yeah. nothing to do with an actual like control over it right they don't so want you... control like and going back to gun control they they want people to just which is like a horrible marks person. Like that's a horrible that, but shot. Yeah, that just shows like they know like, well, let's get rid of that. And let's just, you know, you just want to be gun happy. And again, there will be people coming out of the woodwork saying that lead ammunition isn't that big of a deal. Also with misleading information they reference unsurprisingly does come from a lot of NRA websites. When I Googled trying to figure out where the source of this misinformation is coming from. I want to point out that the person who wrote the New York Times publication is an avid hunter who teaches at Augusta University. And what they say next is important, if not, I mean, it's crucial. Since the NRA and many of its supporters want to politicize the issue and deflect from this being a public health crisis, not only for humanity, but for all living life, does that sound familiar? Trying to politicize a public health issue? We've talked about this before the episode started. 
when anybody has this narrative, generally, they're just telling you what they're doing. Like what certain people said with COVID, they're trying to put, well, no, actually, you're trying to politicize this by saying that there's no issue to pay, pay no attention to that. Look over here, look over here, shoot your guns and just be happy and be quiet or not be quiet, actually be really loud and annoying and obnoxious about it, but just with misinformation. All right, the New York Times publication, quote, the Obama administration in its waning days in 2016 imposed a ban on the use of lead ammunition and fishing tackle, which is a huge thing that we'll be getting to later down the road, on federal lands and waters, arguing that exposure to them has resulted in harmful effects to fish and wildlife species. But good old President Trump's Interior Secretary, Ryan Zinke, or Zink, who cares, quickly rescinded the ban, which was opposed by the National Rifle Association and hunting groups, writing that the order was, quote, not mandated by any existing statutory or regulatory requirement, unquote. He was wrong to do that. And no fellow hunters, this is not about taking away our guns or protecting Bambi or outlawing hunting. This is about protecting and ensuring the health of the wild world on which we depend, end quote. It's so easy for the NRA to say, look at the people who are for the tree huggers. Yeah, 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 that narrative of people who, well, they don't want you eating meat and they don't want you hunting. This is coming from somebody who regularly goes out and hunts and they're the ones who are saying this. That's what's most important because that's their biggest narrative is that, again, fear mongering of them trying to just take away all your guns and blah, blah, blah. blah. And it's like, they even use that with background checks. And again, because they know a lot of those people aren't going to pass those background checks. So a quick reminder, too, that lead doesn't just disappear. Like I said on the top of the episode that people think, well, whatever, you shoot the gun and that's it. And what, what else is there? Well, like I said, there's a lot to it. This is a big old onion of a topic. And the problems also are worldwide. This isn't just in the United States. From an Australian publication about the dangers of lead ammunition, quote, a recent Danish study dredged up wetland sediment from popular waterbird hunting sites for more than 30 years after a ban was imposed on the use of lead shot for this type of hunting. They found that up to 250 kilograms of lead per hectare remained. <laughs> I'm sorry, that. I didn't mean to. I, I love that word. It's, it's so know, it's such a it's, weird it's, word. It's, and used everywhere, but here. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's used all over ancient Greece. <laughs> <laughs> Broadly similar to densities found in the 1970s before the ban, end quote. And let's not forget about it poisoning the water too, along with the soil. So think about too, that's in, that study was done in, in Denmark, right? Kind of a tiny country <laughs> compared to us. Yeah, and they're asking the right question. They're looking at, the connection between guns and public health in a rational way. This should, this should not be political. This should just be, we use a lot of guns. We have a lot of lead and uh, it's going into the soil. And this study, so they've had this ban for over 30 years, yeah. which also says a lot. Yeah. And also side note, Denmark is always rated the happiest country in the world. If people didn't know that, like I think every year. Must be great. All their pants fit. That's the craziest thing about Europe. 
it's like they go to the store and they buy pants off the rack and then they have money to actually <laughs> go get them tailored. <laughs> like there were people who were my size. Like I've never bought a pair of pants that fit me off the rack. And yeah, same. Yeah. And they, but they go to the store and they bring them to a tailor and they get them fit because they're not worried about lead and guns or healthcare or they have, they have other things to worry about, like making their pants fit. They have other things to worry. Yeah. <laughs> Having awesome butter. Butter on bread is like, anyway. I want to go. <laughs> Anyways, now let's get to the NRA briefly. And this is something we're going to circle back to in a future episode, and you'll know why later. Since a lot of misinformation I'm noticing seems to be coming from their organization, the National Rifle Association's Institute for Legal Action hosted a publication in which they say, quote, traditional ammunition does not and has not negatively impacted wildlife populations in North America and is far more effective and affordable for American hunters. And we will get to how that isn't accurate in just a second, but notice how they only focus on the population and not the impact on the wildlife health. And as we will get to, it does have links to negatively impacting the wildlife, which we mentioned above with the drastic amount of millions of waterfowl lives that were saved. Also want to make a quick note that if you click on the link for the study that the NRA sourced for their information, <laughs> that page can't be found. And <laughs> I wrote LOL because <laughs> I was like, okay, let's, let's read this study. Yeah. Uh, oh, nope. Page can't be found. The biggest takeaway from that is they just are focusing on population and not that population being poisoned from lead. And then said hunter ingesting the poisoned meat or the wildlife like the eagles and the vultures that then eat the carcasses that are left behind or the guts. I did, though, find a study from the same author that they referenced because the first thing I did when I saw that page couldn't be found, I instinctively was like, well, let's Google who this person's from because a quick reminder that the gasoline industry had scientists who they used to publish studies. And those studies we have found to be extremely misleading because, as I had mentioned, they studied the people inside the offices of the factories and not the actual workers which drastically changes the narrative of lead poisoning. But technically not a lie. But technically not a lie. Technically not a lie. (laughs) I just took out these words. Yeah. And that's technically not a lie. Yeah. Like every seven-year-old and then these industries. Mm -hmm. Anyway. But right away when they said, I was like, okay, it's all about the wording. It's all about... How can you get away with something? The publication I found is from 2009 from this same author. And it's the same 2008 study in South Dakota that the NRA is quoting. Okay. So they're using this to say their narrative of there's no impact on population. But guess what? It does have an impact on you, the hunter consuming the wild game and your chances of having lead poisoning. Quote, participants who consumed wild game had higher lead than those who did not consume wild game. End quote. That's the takeaway you should really have from that publication that they just happened to leave out. 
Well, if the NRA had more money, they could maybe afford more links. Or... <laughs> well, and I, I mean that because they're giving all their money away to politicians. So that's you know. true. That's very true. They got to save a little for. They got a little link for updates. Web... <laughs> yeah, it's for a web a webmaster. <laughs> And going back to that publication the NRA tried using to debunk the need to ban lead ammunition, which again is referenced in the first publication we discussed at the top of the show, quote, the Center for Disease Control found that consuming wild game in North Dakota had 50% more lead in their bloodstream than non-game eaters. Several scientific studies have shown that venison packets donated by hunters to feed the hungry processed from deer shot with lead ammunition are contaminated with toxic lead. Taking game to a processor is not a solution. Research shows that in a majority of cases, one or more consumers of hunter-killed commercially processed deer will consume toxic lead derived from bullets. And we talked about just how far those fragments spread. The Minnesota Department of Agriculture found lead fragments in 26 to 60% of ground venison packaged from commercial processors. Based on these studies, state health and wildlife agencies recommend that women and children do not eat game harvested with lead ammunition. Food banks and shelters have had to pull lead-tainted venison meats from their shelves. And this is just the most atrocious. More than 2.5 million pounds of game meat, which is approximately 10 million meals, most of it shot with lead ammunition is donated annually in the United States and four Canadian provinces. I just, that's a shocking amount. Yeah, and so, people are trying to do the right thing. I mean, this yeah, is a they don't proud know. tradition. I mean, this is what we should be doing. What a wonderful thing to do. When hunting, I... And helping keep the population controlled. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I'm also feeding my community. I'm a part of my community. I'm giving back. Mm -hmm. And um, it's toxic. And it's toxic. It's poisonous. And like I said, it's like the idea, too, with canned food, where you automatically go to donate canned food to food shelves. And this just popped into my head. Now I'm, I'm just thinking about, like you said, these commercial processing places like we've talked about in the past how there's the issue of cross-contamination or like the the area or the tools or the machine that's being used Mm -hmm. will then pick up the lead and then transfer that to other things i wonder if how much is that happening (sighs) and again sources for all the studies referenced in this publication can be found embedded in their findings for the people, you know, like, where, what are your sources? And where, well, they're all scientific studies that you can reference, FYI. Just have to quickly share my screen to show you this source. I literally LOL'd when I saw this organization's name. I'm not going to get into the details of this publication. I just want you to see, just love what I popped it up. It's from the Environmental Law Reporter, which they have, you know, trademarked. The best legal resource on earth, trademark. Nobody try and say you're the best legal resource on earth because we legally have the rights to that. Wow. Best legal resource on earth. TM. TM. (laughs) We can't verify that we are the best legal resource. Oh, we're not saying that. Oh, but we paid $50 Mm -hmm. to make sure nobody else can say. Best legal resource ever. 
So yeah, that was one of the uh, publications that was on the NRA's sources. I couldn't. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't know how... I- <laughs> None of us know enough about copyright. We should all know more about copyright than we do. How is that possible? You can pretty much copyright anything. You can trademark anything. Like, okay. Oh, apparently. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're getting money for it. It's like 30 bucks, 50 bucks. Boom. There you go. If, if you just have all these people. The most handsome Paul in the world. Do it. Right. Yeah. Copyright.gov. Try oh, it. Okay. Not right now, but do it. <laughs> TMCR. By, <laughs> by next week, I want to see a TM on that. <laughs> Uh, That's your new social media (laughs) with the the TM. I'm so glad that's an emoji TM. Is it? Trademark. Oh my God. Yeah. But if like you're ever discussing something, I'm like, you can put the TM on it. It's, it's hilarious. Somebody really uh, has the stepped up their game at Apple for (laughs) knowing what emojis people want to use. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Solid emoji game. Just for reference, a quote from an article by Lynn Peoples that we're going to get to in just a little bit gives us a gentle reminder to those following the NRA's narrative regarding there being no scientific evidence of the dangers of lead ammunition. Quote, there is a lot of misinformation out there, added Merchant, who's one of the scientists that we will be getting to. The calls that there is no science are not coming from the scientific community, end quote. And that is the biggest takeaway that you need to think about. The misinformation out there saying there's no science isn't coming from the scientific community. So we're going to get to those misinformation campaigns in a future episode because there's a lot to unpack, but I don't want to deter from our focus right now in regards to lead ammunition, because this is not going to be the only episode on this. So let's circle back to the first source we cited, since many people seem to be forgetting that experts warn that they're isn't any amount of lead that's considered safe in your body. Quote, when lead is ingested, it attacks organs in many different body systems. Lead poisoning can damage the brain, central nervous system, and reproductive system and cause kidney disease, cancer, high blood pressure, anemia, impotence, birth defects, miscarriage, nerve disorders, memory and concentration problems, and a host of other health disorders. In large enough doses, Lead can cause brain damage, leading to seizures, coma, and death. Even very low levels of lead exposure can decrease IQ and cause learning disabilities and behavioral problems in children, or increase the probability of dying from a heart attack or stroke in adults, end quote. I did not know that one. Well, everything is, uh, is it doesn't work as well. I mean... It, yeah. It's shutting everything down. So, I mean, and affecting the endocrine. Yeah. It affects the whole, your whole body system. I, let me just be very clear. I didn't know yeah. that either, but after seeing that in the notes, it makes total sense that mm-hmm. like, it's just a cascade failure. So all mm-hmm. of these things can just go wrong. You're not pumping blood as well. So you, mm-hmm. your, you get your blood pressure gets higher or you're not processing things as well. I mean, that's, and, and we uh, briefly touched on this. Can, that it replaces calcium in your body and we don't get to how important that is. And the other scary thing, which I didn't think about when I got my blood done, lead hides in your bones as an adult. So the amount you secrete changes your blood lead levels. So I'm going to get to that in just a second, but that is something I didn't think about and why a lot of people's levels might be higher than they realize. So going back to this publication, quote, 
Lead is especially dangerous to fetuses and young children from whom poisoning is more pronounced because lead is absorbed faster and disrupts development, causing slow growth, development defects, and damage to the brain and nervous system. Some studies link elevated bone or blood lead levels with aggression, delinquent behavior, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, and criminal behavior. The consensus among medical researchers is that there is no safe level of lead exposure in young children. Hunters who use lead bullets are shot and their families are at risk of lead poisoning in several ways. Ingesting lead shot pellets or lead bullet fragments or residue in game meat, ingesting lead residue from handling lead bullets or inhaling airborne lead during ammunition reloading or at shooting ranges. Elevated blood lead levels and resulting health effects and disease have been well documented for people who frequent or work at indoor and outdoor firing ranges. Hunters who reload rifle and pistol ammunition or cast their own lead bullets are at particular risk of harmful lead exposure, end quote. This is another really tragic picture of, you know, like someone goes goes through the whole thing of being safe with their firearms and learning about their firearms, and they've totally adopted they're going to start reloading and making their own ammunition, which involves mm -hmm. a lot of science. It involves a lot of uh, really cool skills and tools. Mm -hmm. And what a neat thing to give to your family, to teach your kids how to sustain themselves. Mm -hmm. And then the whole while they're handling these toxic poisonous materials. It's, and uh, inhaling it. And inhaling that That's, yeah, inhaling it. So I know this is, uh, we mentioned this later, but how lead has such a low melting point which mm -hmm. also means that it has such a low since it has a low melting point it, its boiling point allows that vapor to go into the air again it's, i can only see this like with the best intentions it's mm -hmm. absolutely tragic mm -hmm. yeah because again too there's going to be a lot of people who like are individually personally triggered or that we're somehow shaming the people doing this but if you don't know and you're being led to believe that something is safe, uh, yeah. I don't blame you. But if after knowing this information, you decide to ignore it or not do anything, yeah, you, you, there, there's some blame there. A lot of this information just isn't known. Mm -hmm. So as we mentioned at the top of the episode, lead ammunition isn't safe anywhere. And that article by Lynn Peoples from 2017, which by the way is unbelievably thorough. At some point, I highly suggest everyone take a look at our sources and read this article all the way through. It's so clear. It's so well researched. And in fact, their publication has inspired some future episodes because, oh boy, is there a lot of alarming information in there related to ammunition and other areas of society, most notably with police at gun ranges. But that's for another episode. But my goodness, is that some information that I have never thought about before. Quote, lead bullets used in target shooting by military personnel, law enforcement officers, and the public has been found to pollute soil and water around outdoor shooting ranges, as well as the air and surfaces of indoor ranges when not properly cleaned or ventilated. And that's something I just want to talk about because Again, we always focus on, well, how is this affecting me as a person? It's also affecting the environment. And lead doesn't go away. We already showed that study from Denmark 30 years later, and it's still almost the same amount of lead. 
So, quote, the continued use of lead in ammunition, environmental and public health advocates say remains an underappreciated and preventable source of exposure to the toxic heavy metal for millions of Americans. They argue that the evidence of real and negative impacts is so overwhelming, in fact, that the lack of more aggressive regulation borders on absurd, if not downright negligent. A good bullet should not kill twice, says Carol Henderson, a hunter and educator with the Department of Natural Resources in Minnesota. Indeed, despite substantial scientific evidence linking the use of lead ammunition to a host of environmental and public health threats, roughly 90% of the 10 billion, with a B, rounds purchased every year in the United States still contain lead, end quote. 10 billion rounds every year purchased, and 90% of them contain lead. When I was in the service, I was stationed in Kanaui Bay in Hawaii, and there is a firing range. Kanaui Bay is on the windward side. It's not a mountain, but it's a jutting up of rock, and it makes this bowl as you go out to the ocean. It's the furthest point on the peninsula, and on that point is a firing range. It's not far from the ocean. How many rounds have been fired at that firing range? Those rounds are still embedded in, in the soil, in the earth, in the berm. How much of that is leaking into the ocean? How much of that ah. is? It's right there. It's like you could, you, it's, it's actually eerily gorgeous, the firing range. I keep coming back to the idea of just this being tragic. It is. It's tragic. And a reminder, yeah, there, there's a lot of fucking lead out there. It's everywhere. And like people said, like, it's downright negligent. Yeah. It's absurd and negligent. And like Dr. Needleman has said, we know how toxic this is. And yet we keep it. Well, it's cheap and, and easy to use over all the scientific evidence that shows how dangerous it is. We need to and, grow up and just have these like real adult conversations about, let's look at this and see if it's, or maybe it, it's not the best thing for us. So mm -hmm. let's explore something else. And then we have to stick to it. Yep. I don't think that's radical. <laughs> it's not. That's because it's not, Paul. And going back quickly to this narrative that has come from certain gun rights advocates of shooting and guns being this family affair. Oh, yeah. And the rise of that, it, it has increased exponentially over the past couple decades. Something we will be getting to in an episode in the future is the difference of how lead affects testosterone versus estrogen, which is very interesting. Even the CDC, Lynn Peoples writes, is considering lowering the threshold for children from five micrograms to 3.5 micrograms. This is something I just discovered from reading this. Quote, adults are also far from immune to lead and its health effects. Studies hint that chronic blood lead levels as low as two micrograms per deciliter may increase the risk of death from a heart attack or stroke. Evidence is also emerging of lead's role in reproductive disorders, kidney disease, cognitive decline, and neurological problems. Lead is damaging in part because it mimics the calcium essential in maintaining healthy bones, nerve cells, and blood pressure. More than 90% of lead in adults is stored in bones, where the metal's trickery has helped it claim spots generally reserved for calcium, and that squatting lead is prone to leaching out at inopportune times, end quote. 
And so I want to go back to that doctor who my, my level was at two, it was two or below and refused to tell me what my number is. Why can't I know the exact number? How does this leaching out work? Okay. Like, so that's so it, like, too. does it just come, it just gets triggered or. I don't know. And that, that's something we have yeah. to get to, but I do know that when Dr. Needleman realized how severe the crisis was in children under six, Mm-hmm. They couldn't just take all these blood samples. And so what he did was flipping brilliant. He asked the parents to have the baby teeth to have their baby brilliant. teeth. Yeah. So he took all their baby teeth and found the lead in their teeth. So yeah, that's another um, thing. Like we said, so like, I'm a needleman fan girl. Dude, I know. We we're gonna do a whole episode, like <laughs> just. A smart researcher. Maybe we should. Okay. New t-shirt. Needleman fangirl. Needleman fangirl. So brilliant. There was, I haven't watched yet, but there's a documentary about him and they, and they discuss that. I just saw a brief clip of it. Was mine leaching out perhaps not as much? Like, do I have more in my system than that? Yeah. That's the picture that I'm getting from this. Again, there's so much more to dive into regarding lead ammunition, and we hope to get to a lot more of it in subsequent episodes, because like I said, we are going to circle back to the gun ranges, the firing ranges, because there is some information in there that there, there's some, some Charlie, it's always sunny red strings to connect here because it's shocking, but I think that we need to get out the recordings that we already did. And we're going to circle back to lead ammunition in a few weeks because it's really important. And again, I'm probably going to get emotional because I have a daughter that's the age of those poor kids that died in Texas. But if you can think about that and not get emotionally triggered, I just, I don't understand the callousness of life like that just being ignored and that somehow your quote unquote rights outweigh the rights of children. It's unacceptable. And we've been dealing with this for a really long time. And I even, an interesting thing that I saw as far as, as far as history repeating itself is some of the parents of those children are considering having open caskets, not just me, but a lot of people are referencing Emmett Till and how Emmett Till's mom is like, no, they're going to see what they did to my baby. And honestly, like they probably should, because that was a huge wake up call for a lot of people. And clearly we've had a lot of wake up calls that people have been hitting snooze on and it's time to wake up. So I think I'll close myself, <laughs> but I think there's no better way to end this episode than with a quote from the article published by Lynn Peoples, which Lynn, if you're out there, we'd really like to talk to you, quote, Public health advocates like Dr. Michael Kosnett, an environmental toxicologist at the University of Colorado in Denver, suggest that these halting measures are nowhere near enough. Kosnett was among 30 doctors and scientists who co-authored a consensus statement in 2013 on the health risks of lead-based ammunition. Quote, we still drive cars, we still paint houses. Kosnett told Lynn, referring to the removal of lead from gasoline and house paint in the U.S. during the 1970s. And Kosnett goes on to say, quote, there are substitutes for lead ammunition, too. If there's a feasible way to avoid the risk by product substitution, then why not do that? End quote. We've said this. There's always an alternative. Mm -hmm. And yet somehow these industries 
push as far as they can until it gets just too out of control. It shouldn't have to get so out of control for regulations to be put in place. When we've known for over 2,000 years how toxic lead is. And another thing I want to mention to hunters, which didn't even pop in my mind until just now, like I said, with dinnerware, there are companies out there that are making lead-free porcelain. And yes, is it a little bit more pricey now? Are these non-lead copper bullets a little bit more pricey now? Yes. But if there's a dramatic shift, if millions of hunters, even though it's going to be a little uncomfortable and shift to those copper bullets, that price will go down. That is how supply and demand works. It will happen. That shift will happen. And we have to come together, not just as society in the United States, but globally come together and make these uncomfortable shifts. They won't be uncomfortable forever. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this week's episode of the United States of Lead. Please join us next week. The topic, I'm not sure actually what we're going to get to because I I made the order all over the place. Topic will be lead. We'll be talking about yeah, lead. Yeah, it'll be, I mean, you'll know it'll be. <laughs> so thanks for listening. And again, the, the events in Texas are obviously not the only one. There's Buffalo. There's the, the church where Asian Americans were also slaughtered and the list goes on and on and on. And I know that people are not inherently bad. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks everybody. Thank you for tuning in to United States of Lead, hosted by Andrea Elizabeth and Paul Kramer. Want to know more about this subject? Consider making a donation on Patreon where you can unlock extended video episodes and bonus content like deep dives and exclusive interviews Just a quick disclaimer, Andrea and Paul are not experts in lead poisoning. We do ask that you check our sources and read up a little bit more on your own. Thanks again for listening.